Every year, NFL teams miss the playoffs, and next year, some of those teams make the playoffs. Which teams are best poised to do that in 2024? That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast covering the National Football League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm David Harrison. He's Tony Wiggins. We are on Twitter at D Harrison and at Shop Talking Wig. That's two G's at the end of that. Both of us are credentialed members of the media. Tony has over 16 years of covering the Jacksonville Jaguars and is your host of Locked On Jaguars. I'm entering my third season covering the Washington Commanders, 10th covering the NFL overall, and I am the host of Locked On Commanders. Locked On NFL is here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, we appreciate you continuing to come through supporting this network and this program. On today's episode, we're going to talk about NFL void years in contracts. It's a growing phenomenon, and there were a lot of players that just had their void years come to roost for their team. So we're going to talk about that as it continues to grow. We're also going to talk about new head coaches that are a little bit of a hard spot with their new assignments. But first, Tony, we are going to talk about 2024 turnaround candidates, teams that missed the playoffs in 2023, but are primed to potentially make a run at the postseason in 2024. So I'll turn it over to you, my friend. Who do you have that you think could make this type of turnaround this season? How about the Los Angeles Chargers? And hear me out. And I'm going to tell you why. I know they have a bunch of players that are going to be losing. They're going to be losing a bunch of guys, right? <clears throat> yep. I realize that. But we got the combo of a proven coach and a quarterback, right? The coach-quarterback combination. And it happens. It just so happens to be that that proven coach used to be a quarterback, right? So he understands how this goes. And people say, well, he's a college coach. Uh, I'm going to ask you when you graduated high school, because the dude actually has done very well in the NFL uh, when he was in the NFL. And he built like yeah. a juggernaut team that just happened to run into another another juggernaut team. And they were that close, even played in the Super Bowl. It was like four yards away from beating the Baltimore Ravens. All right. And yep. the reason why I'm so high on them is because I was so low on Brendan Staley. You go from that to this guy. With the fifth pick overall, they're going to cut a bunch of people. They're going to rearrange a bunch of stuff. They're going to have a boatload of salary cap. And let me tell you, it is going to be nuts and bolts. It is going to be old school football in an era where everybody is running all these uh, offenses designed and, and plays being called by fighter pilots. You're just going to have a dude that comes from the school of Newt Rockney, I think, and they're going to do something different and they're going to do it different because it's actually the same old thing that now looks like something different these days. And I don't think people are ready for it. He's going to shake a lot of hands and slap a lot of people in the back in the middle of the field. and He's going to make them angry the way he did Jim Schwartz back in the day. I really mm. believe that in no time. And when I say no time, I mean this year, Jim Harbaugh is going to make the Chargers a playoff team. And I think it's going to be pretty easy, even though Kansas City's there. That's a foregone conclusion. I think he's going to outdo the other teams and he's going to get that seventh spot minimum and be in the playoffs. Well, look, there's two wild card spots, right? I mean, that that's the bottom line. Like there's two wild card spots three. now and, and three, right? Or three, my bad. Yeah, there's three yeah. wild card spots now. So you don't have to win your division in the playoffs. Now, obviously, that's the easiest way to get in the playoffs is win your division. 
uh, in the fastest way. And then you certainly get the home game advantage. And you certainly want that. Don't get me wrong. But you have the opportunity now. You have more opportunity now to make the postseason in the current NFL structure. So that's kind of what that what that opens up. I mean, the AFC West, if, if things you know fall correctly, they could have three teams uh, in the playoffs. I don't know if if the if the Raiders and Broncos are are willing to join or ready to join the Chiefs uh, and the Chargers. I'm certainly not picking either of those teams as my candidate this season to to miss the playoffs this last year, but then make the playoffs in 2024. But you could certainly potentially see the Chargers doing it. But you're right, Tony. They have some things they got to negotiate. So they got to make sure they navigate these things appropriately in order to build that roster up and to be able to, to, to achieve these things. And listen, uh, you know, look, knock on wood. I don't wish it on Pat. I don't wish it on Travis. I don't wish it on anybody, but one injury on a lot of these teams. And suddenly that season's over. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost Joe Burrow. And I don't know if I would say their season was over, over, but nobody really talked about them as a legit competitor. Uh, once Joe was, was done for the year. So, Things can happen. That's how the NFL works, and you never know what's going to happen. But certainly you do expect Coach Harbaugh to come back to the NFL with his previous knowledge, experience, his experience and knowledge coming out of Michigan uh, and then getting another chance to do it. That's not something that comes along every day as a second crack at at leading an NFL franchise or another crack at leading an NFL franchise. So certainly something that he's going to try to take advantage of. Wig, I'm going to turn this over now. You went AFC, so I'm kind of inclined to go NFC here. And the easy button for me would be the Washington Commanders. I was talk about all their draft I, I was picks, waiting. All their cap space. But I'm not going to do that because I do believe the Washington Commanders, even though they have a lot of resources this year, they also need a lot of pieces. And I don't know if they can find all those pieces in one offseason. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to go that far. But I am going to look at the team that has the number one overall pick. Because this year's team that has the number one overall pick has the number one overall pick because the Carolina Panthers – went all in on one player and decided to for, forfeit their, their future. I'm not even saying mortgage their future. They just forfeited their future. We'll talk more about the Panthers here in a little bit. So the Chicago Bears earned the number nine overall pick, which isn't great, but they have the number one and the number nine overall pick. And that is amazing capital if you're a team that feels like you're on the cusp. And Wig, they made a trade last year at the trade deadline or near the trade deadline with the Washington Commanders to bring Montez Sweat in there. All Montez Sweat did was join that team and then lead them the rest of the way, lead them the entire season in sacks. He's the first player in NFL history to lead two teams in sacks because after he left the Washington Commanders as their sack leader, nobody caught up with him for the rest of the season. And then he, again, dominated on the Chicago Bears uh, team. Listen, I think one of two things is going to happen here with the quarterback situation. Well, I don't think I know because that's the only options they have. You're either going to move forward with Justin Fields or you're going to trade him and you're going to take Caleb Williams number one overall. No matter what happens, though, that team, that coaching staff is going to be fully on board and fully invested in what that decision is. And I think that is really the best thing you can say about the Chicago Bears quarterback situation, because from the day that Justin Fields was drafted to the Chicago Bears, I don't think anybody has ever been fully invested in his career, his development and putting him in the best position to be successful. So if the Chicago Bears decide to keep him, it's because this regime is now fully invested in trying to make Justin Fields successful. And that'll be the first time, in my opinion, that that has been truthful in Chicago. If they trade him, then they're fully invested, obviously, in going after Caleb Williams. Either way, the Bears quarterback is going to have a fully invested staff uh, looking at him. And they've got cap, they've got cap space. Uh, the Chicago Bears currently, according to projections, are the, have the fourth most cap space, $70 million in cap space right now. You only need about $10 million to sign your draft class. So, Really, they've got about $60 million functional, and that's before they make any moves to free up any space that they need to or want to. So they can certainly go out there and be a little bit aggressive in the free agent market if they want to. You've already got weapons like DJ Moore. At number nine, Wig, you may not get Marvin Harrison, but Romo Dunze, maybe. 
neighbors, maybe. You could go in second round, get a receiver. You can get yourself a tight end. You can get yourself some more offensive line help. The Chicago Bears have a lot of ways that they can go, but they've got a lot of capital they can use. And, oh, by the way, the average age of their roster right now, just over 26 years old. So they're young, but they're not 23, 24. They got a little bit of seasoning to them, but they have enough talent to be dangerous. DJ Moore has a potential number two, number one, while their new number one becomes a number one. I mean, Wig, look, the Packers did some good things. But I think a little bit of that was a little bit of fool's gold. I don't think they were as good as maybe they turned out to be because of what was going on around them. The Minnesota Vikings, who knows what's going to happen with their quarterback situation. The Detroit Lions, I like, but let's see if they can do it again now that everybody has their number. Not everybody has 18 weeks of film, 18 more plus weeks of film, and everybody knows Ben Johnson. Everybody sees them coming this year. Let's see if they can continue. So I think that in the NFC North, they could be competitive if they make the right moves and potentially snag at least one of those wild card spots, if not potentially compete to take over the top spot if some of these other teams fall back to norm. So so here's a that's a great point. All the great points by Chicago. By the way, I'm intrigued that if they keep fields and they trade down, the the amount of draft capital they could get to go along with the capital they already have and all of that salary cap, man, that they could just imagine if they had like the late great Bill Walsh or Jimmy Johnson or Ron mm-hmm. Wolf. They would turn this thing into a dynasty, right? So here's my thing with Harbaugh. I didn't mention this, but I'll mention this. Before we hit the segment two, much like Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll, guys that were serious overseers of their program when they came from college and Urban Meyer, believe it or not, the first year in Jacksonville when he took Travis Etienne, of course, and Trevor Lawrence and Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell. That was a really good draft, especially compared to the two since he's been gone. I think those guys that recruit the guys that they're drafting now, I think it makes a big difference because they – during the vetting process, they've done it. They know these kids' backgrounds. They know them all. I mean, they know them all, right? So they know exactly. They played against a lot of them, not just on those guys that's easy scouting up top. But when you get in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, remember Pete Carroll took Richard Sherman, who had been moved to wide receiver at Stanford, but remembered him from high school and put him at corner. When you know the resources personally, first two or three rounds, Maybe it doesn't help you. Round four, five, mm-hmm. and six, and seven, that's where you can find some stuff and find some gems. Yeah, 100%. The Chargers absolutely could be one of those teams to compete. I'm going to tell you next why the Chargers have to be one of those teams that becomes a playoff team in 2024 and why that puts more pressure on Coach Harbaugh than anything. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I'll let you know today, one of our sponsors, Nissan. That's right. Man, let me tell you about these vehicles. How about the 2024 Nissan Rogue? If you're the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further, ever wonder what adventure could be around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Now, I talked about the Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and escapes. It's class exclusive, built in. There's a Google built in. You're always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. You don't have to worry about Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play. It's all built right into a 12.3 inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. What about the Pathfinder? You want to get a little bit bigger? Has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available four by four capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing. When Adventure Calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or get the big boy, the Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. 
Thanks again for making Locked On NFL your first listener, first view today and every day, every dayers. Thanks for coming through like you do. Make sure you come back next week. Uh, the NFL Scouting Combine is going on. Kevin Ostriker, Locked On Ravens, will be your Monday host talking all kinds of scouting combine news, notes, and information. And, uh, of course, we've got people on ground there, so we're talking about doing some bonus content here for you on Locked On NFL as well. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with your local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, Wig, we talked about some teams that could turn things around in 2024, miss the playoffs in 2023, but might be in the postseason tournament next this coming season. One of those teams you mentioned was Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers. You have a new head coach and Jim Harbaugh coming over from the national champion Michigan Wolverines. So certainly a candidate there. I'm going to tell you, Wig, while I think Jim Harbaugh has one of the toughest coaching jobs this season and is one of the hardest spots for a new coach. But you have a different candidate that I want to talk to most be, or talk about first, because I do think that he is in the hardest position of any new head coach in the NFL. How about Dave Canales, guy that you're very familiar with from <clears throat> your, your time hosting Locked On Bucks. I think he's in for it. And the reason why I think he's in for it is because, well, several reasons. Let's go off the field first. I think Dave Tepper, now that uh, my man Daniel Snyder is gone, I think Dave Tepper might be the worst owner in the NFL, honestly. Uh, I think his messaging is off. I'm saying that, too, because he poured a drink uh, from the press box or from his suite on Jaguar fans. He lucky he didn't get done up, too, because they don't play those games down here in Duval. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I just I think his messaging is off. I think the the half hearted vote of confidence that he gave Bryce Young uh, left everyone that heard it uh, thinking that <laughs> you didn't really want to take him. Did you You regret taking him now? You should have took the other kid in Houston. I just think all of that stuff, man, I, he'd be better served if he had an executive vice president. I don't know. He, he might he might have one. Uh, maybe they need to let Dan Morgan do more of the talking. Uh, because I, I really think that's, that in itself is a problem. The other part of this I think is problematic is I like Bryce Young as a, as a player, right? But you got to remember, Bryce Young is generously listed at 5'10", okay? Mm-hmm. Um, for a guy that small to not have receivers to throw the ball to and get this, this is the biggest one, to have an offensive line that's got more holes in it than Swiss cheese, those yeah. things just don't add up for me. Now, Add this to Boo. They ain't got a first-round draft pick. They can't pick until day two. They go. Everybody else is having draft parties. Those people can go ahead and go home and knit or do something else because they ain't going to be included unless they trade up, and then they're giving away future assets. I just think yeah. there's just too much wrong, too much going on. Now Brian Burns is out there, and, and he may not get extended, and he may have to file a – I mean, they may franchise tag him, and he may want too much money. This is all too much. This is It's an ugly situation. There's a whole bunch going on, and you're talking about David Canales as a first-year head coach. Good luck. Yeah, look, I, I like Dave Canales a lot. You know what I mean? He, he was he was a breath of fresh air for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. He certainly helped, you know, Baker Mayfield do what he was able to do, get that Buccaneers franchise back into the playoffs for a fourth straight year, help them win a third straight NFC South Division title. Uh, but to say that he's ready to take on a head coaching job at this point in his career, probably a little bit premature. To say that he was ready to take on a head coaching job, the magnitude of what the Carolina Panthers are having or facing, uh, that's 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 a tough that's a tough sell for me. You know what I mean? And 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 the bottom line is when when this job came or was was open came open or whatever, 
uh, you know, talking to a bunch of people in, in many circles, it was basically one of those jobs that was going to be taken by someone who didn't have any other choices. You know what I mean? Uh, like Dan Quinn wasn't going to take this job. Mike McDonald wasn't going to take this job. Ben Johnson surely was not going to take that job. Bobby Slowick is another one. Like Dave Canales, you know, as much as I like him, as much as I admire what he did in Tampa, there is a reason he took the Carolina Panthers job. And that's because he really, really, really wants to prove that he can be a head coach. And that was the only gig he was getting. Like he wasn't getting interviews, other places or offers from any other place. And, and that's not really a detraction to coach Canales because really what it is, it just shows his youth. It shows how young he is in his career and all these things. But yeah, you mentioned it, man, David Tepper, the owner. Uh, I just worry for, for Dave Canales. I mean, you don't have flexibility with this job. You have to make Bryce young work. You've got to figure it out. And like you said, you don't have a day one pick. So you're already starting behind the, the, the power ball there, the, the power curve. And it's not even your fault, but you're going to be held accountable for what happens the next year two years, three years. And if he doesn't find some magic solution to suddenly make Adam Thielen a number one wide receiver again, make Bryce Young six foot two and give that defense more than Brian Burns, I think he's going to be out of a job come 2026 at the latest. You know what I mean? So I wish him the best of luck. But yeah, Wig, I mean, easily to me, the the hardest coaching job and is going to the least experienced head coach in the NFL. I mean, only one year as a play caller and an offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Prayers on your trip, Dave. That's, that's all I can give you right now, man. But look, Wig, I think Jim Harbaugh is in a tough spot too. And for some of the situations that you just mentioned uh, with David Tepper, now don't get me wrong, Dean Spanos ain't out there throwing drinks on nobody, but Dean Spanos has shown as we go from coach to coach to coach, really start with like Anthony Lynn and then, you know, just further, further, further on down the line, his patience is wearing thin. He does not have a lot of patience to make things work with Justin Herbert. And it, he's got to be even more frustrated because there were a couple years there where they had a really dominant defense and the offense just was not clicking. Keenan Allen couldn't stay healthy. Justin Herbert was a young quarterback, whatever was going on. They just could not stay healthy. Now they've got an offense and a quarterback that looks like they're kind of ready to hum, but now the defense can't stay, uh, can't stay healthy or can't stay together. And they're facing one of the worst salary cap situations in the NFL right now, 29th in the NFL, uh, projected to have negative $33 million in cap space, there is a rumor that the cap is actually going to be seven and a half million dollars higher than expected. They need that. They mm -hmm. need that because that puts them about $25 million in the hole. Again, the only way for them to get out of the hole is to unfortunately get rid of some of these players. I mean, you get rid of a Keenan Allen, you got to go draft a replacement, but is that replacement going to be Keenan Allen in 2024? Probably not. Or you got to go get rid of Joey Bosa. Is that replacement going to be Joey Bosa in 2024? Probably not. So you're going to save some money, but you're going to take away some talent. That coupled with the fact that this is the Los Angeles Chargers. And let's just be real. LA don't love the Chargers like that. Mm. They just don't. I think the Raiders probably have more fans in LA than the Chargers do. You know what I mean? Like, so you're, you're facing a situation where you got an owner that's impatient. You got a terrible cap situation. You have a fan base that really don't love you. You have to go earn everything you're going to get. And I'll tell you right now, Wig, a one in four start and people are going to be out quick. People are going to be out quick on the Jim Harbaugh, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but Jim Harbaugh does not have a choice. He's got to get this thing going in training camp. He's got to get it figured out in preseason. He's got to come out winning in the beginning of 2024 or else people are going to get sour real fast because Jim Harbaugh is not Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's coming to Washington. People are hoping this is the start of a new era, hoping that he's going to bring back winning. 
than Los Angeles. They're expecting Jim Harbaugh to bring that winning game back. I think with the quarterback, the fact that the offensive line is in pretty decent shape and he might even make it better at the five overall with either Fashunu or or Joe Alt. I'd bail out of there. I'd bail out of there in a real good draft and I'd load up on draft picks. I use that fifth pick and and I go back to 20 step by step and keep getting stuff along the way, even picks for the future and take advantage of the fact that I know all of the players that are out there in the draft and take advantage of the fact that at least at the very least, I have an offensive line and I have a quarterback. So if we got to win, if we got to lose games 41 to 38, then that's what we'll do. So be it. That's probably a good strategy to take. Another strategy that NFL teams have been taking lately is adding void years to new contracts. We're going to talk about what void years are, what they mean, because they're becoming a more and more popular thing in the NFL. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And man, when we talk about every day, some things can be taken for granted. And what that means is we all go through stuff and every day isn't the same. Some days are harder than others. And then getting back to normal can be even more difficult. Today's show is obviously sponsored by BetterHelp. And I'm about to tell you what that is, man. It is therapy when you need it. And we all have had uh, situations, I know I have, where I've needed therapy more than once. And I've gotten to a place now where I go to therapy even when I don't think I need it because it's just like putting tools in the bag that helps you get along with other people and it also helps you figure out how to keep yourself on track or get yourself back on track. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Help is H-E-L-P, obviously, dot com. It's betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. Wrapping up this episode of Locked On NFL here, and we're going to wrap this up with a little bit of a little bit more of an informational, almost an educational part of the show, Wig. And, and that's something that we do here every once in a while on Locked On NFL. Just try to make ourselves as smart as we can be about this game that we cover, and also try to make the listeners out there as smart as they can be about the game that we cover. And something that is becoming more and more present in the NFL landscape as teams try to negotiate and manage the NFL salary cap are void years. And I'm sure that every fan out there has heard about void years, some might have a good good grasp on it. And let's just be clear here, Wig. We we already know this. You and I accept this about ourselves. We know a lot. We don't know everything, right? So there might be even something about void years that we're going to discuss here that I'm not fully an expert on. If I was an expert on it, I might be in a front office somewhere. But the bottom line is this year alone, there were 40, around 40 NFL contracts out there that had void years coming to roost. And what I mean by that is when you have a team that adds void years to a current contract, there is a deadline set for those void years to become dead cap money. So let's, let's kind of start from the beginning here. And let's see if we can explain this in a way that everybody can understand for those who don't already understand. So what void years allow teams to do is spread out bonuses, right? So for bonus payouts for new contracts, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that those players get those bonus payouts relatively upfront, not necessarily the day of signing, but usually within about 12 to 15 months of signing their contract, if not sooner, the player gets their bonus contract. So, or the bonus for their contract. So if you hear Tony Wiggins sign a five-year deal with $150 million in bonuses within about 12 to 15 months, if not sooner, Wiggins going to get about $150 million in the bank account. But the way that NFL bookkeeping works, that bonus money, that $150 can be spread out over the life of his contract. Now let's say that's only a three-year contract. That's, that's $50 million a year 
and bonuses that go against that team's salary cap. So what the NFL allows and what the CBA allows are called void years. And what NFL teams are allowed to do now is assign void years up to five years. So if Wiggs signs a three-year contract, the Jacksonville Jaguars can tack on two more void years, and now you can spread that $150 million over five years instead of those three years. Does that make, does that make sense? Now, the yeah. kicker to that, now obviously those three years, you're only paying $30 million a year in bonuses versus $50 million in bonuses. That saves you $20 million in cap space right off the jump in those three years. But after that third season is over, there is a deadline. That deadline recently passed to the NFL this year for teams that for players that have void years in the in the contracts moving past this season. And if that if you don't get a new deal, all your void year money becomes dead cap money. So if Wiggs contract ended this season after this season and that deadline passes without a new deal, $60 million, if we do the math right, $60 million becomes dead cap money for 2024. And that is what happened with a lot of players and a lot of teams, most specifically. To my coverage experience, Wig, you mentioned the Buccaneers. I still write for the for uh, BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Mike Evans is, is scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent. His contract that expires at the end of this NFL season, the 2023 season, which is not technically over from a year standpoint for the NFL, had two void years on it. Because they did not reach an extension by the end of the deadline that just passed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now carry $12.198 million in dead cap space next year for Mike Evans' previous contract. Even if they re-sign him, they will carry $12.198 million in dead cap space because of those void years. So, Wig, void years. Let's talk about this. They have obvious benefits, but they have obvious drawbacks as well. What do you think about the rise in use of void years by cap managers to to kick the can down the road, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I like it because, you know, it, it allows them to give players a bunch of money up front. And people don't understand this. That's what players want up front. I was this. This was explained to me a long time ago. I like why does everyone worry about the total number of a contract instead of focusing on the guaranteed number? Do people really care? He said, "Yeah, agents care. Players kind of care, but they really don't care for the reason." I thought it was just bragging rights, so I could say I made two hundred million dollars, even though sixty million was guaranteed. But that's not it. What it was was the way it was explained to me is this: you want that number to be higher, and the reason why you want that number to be higher, say instead of 80 million, you want the total number to be 100 million because there's a certain percentage of that that's going to be guaranteed. And that's what you're talking about with the void years, the amortization of the guaranteed money. So uh, teams, had you, they used to be able to stretch that out and they used to be able to make these cuts uh, after post June 1st designations. But now with these voyages, it changes the game, man. That money is going to get paid out. And I want people to understand this. There was a there was a well-known, uh, I, I guess he's a columnist or writes for a major paper in the top seven market that put out a tweet back in the day that said um, dead cap space was money that the owners were putting in their pocket. And I sat there and I was I covered my eyes and I sent it to Ross Jackson and anybody else. And all I heard was, oh, dear. Mm. Dead cap space is not money that owners put in their pocket. Dead cap space is money that they have already given to a player who's no longer on the team, whether he was traded away or not. So when you give a guy $50 million in, in bonus money, not the guaranteed portion, the guaranteed portion, if he gets traded, what if the guarantee's still in there, the other team has to pay it. But the mm. bonus money, whatever you have given them in terms of bonus money up front, that is the dead cap space. If you have stretched it out over the life of the contract, it accelerates into the cap. So 
A team can't give a guy a whole bunch of money and then never have to account for it on the salary cap. At some point, if you cut him or he, he, he doesn't play for you anymore, whatever is left that you were stretching out over the contract, you ain't stretching it out no more unless you used to make it a certain designation and then you could still do it. The bottom line is it helps uh, teams get uh, money in players' pockets. It's never going to be like the NBA where everything is fully guaranteed. As long as teams are fiscally responsible, I don't think it's a real, real big issue. But it does look funny. Sometimes when you go on these sites that tell you and they break down the salaries and you see a dude's name listed there, they ain't played for that team in two years and they still owe him $3.9 million in cap space. That's the weirdest thing. They're not giving him any more money. They've already given him the money. They just have to pay the piper for it. Yeah. And then and that's how you also see you see teams like, you know, and we just talked about one. We just talked about the Chargers. You're like thirty three million dollars in the hole. And I promise you, they're not going to gut their entire roster to get above the salary cap and even get no. that 10 million. They need to sign their draft picks. They're going to do some fancy bookkeeping. You know, that, that's what it's all about. You know, you got real money, you got real cash spent and then you got salary cap money. And then they're two totally. It's like spades math, man. Like like it doesn't it doesn't equate if you try to use, you know, general arithmetic. Uh, but yeah, it's just one more trick that teams have to do things. And, and you know, that's why when you hear about a player restructuring, you know, if they got $50 million total on their contract, 25 million guaranteed, $10 million in bonuses, that means that they got $35 million in the bank, but that other $15 million out there is kind of out there floating. So when a team, when a player turns 5 million of, of salary into bonus, it's not coming from the guaranteed salary. It's coming from that 15 million. So now you got 10 million kind of out there floating, but they turn that 5 million in a, in a, in a salary into bonuses. And then they spread that out through those three, four or five years, however many years they got left. And then some, a lot of times you hear about restructuring they restructured Tony Wiggins deal and added two void years. Well, that means they took some of that unguaranteed salary probably made a signing bonus. So now that player gets a check cut and that signing bonus now gets stretched out through the remainder of the contract plus whatever void years they tacked on. So hopefully way, you follow all that. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's hard to follow. You know what I mean? By the way, us, but, Dave, Dave, is get, Dave is giving me uh, $210 million right now because he said I got 150 and then he gave me another 60. So I don't want nobody looking me up on Google trying to call me and let me hold something. I'm not giving you a dime, okay? I'm not paying hey, anybody any money. Don't, don't let David trick you. I ain't that rich. You're worth it. Ross Jackson. Ross Jackson's going to hear this episode and make sure that contract gets signed. All right, everybody. That's it for us here on this Friday episode of Locked on NFL. Make sure you come back Monday. Kevin Ostracker, Locked on Ravens. The NFL scouting combine is getting warmed up or revved up next week. Kevin Ostracker, I'm sure we'll have some things to talk about with that or about that on Locked on NFL. So make sure you're subscribed, have the notifications turned on, auto downloads. For your second listen of the day, check out Locked on Jags, Locked on Commanders, or stay right here. Check out Locked on Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel on YouTube. As always, thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day, every day, every day Thank you for coming through the way that you do. For Tony Wiggins and David Harrison, we'll see you right back here next Friday for another episode of Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.